1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast brought to you by our friends at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code Locked On to get $10 off your first order. Hope you guys are having yourselves a good week. We are rolling along here knee-deep now into training camp, but I wanted to kind of step away from training camp a little bit, especially as you know some of these teams kind of give these breaks, of course, and get back into not being in full pads. And I want to start touching on a couple of the books that I was uh, mentioning about Including the Warren Sharp football preview, and I wanted to touch on some uh, some of the notes here that uh, that Warren Sharp had with um, with his football preview here. So, just going to kind of scroll through some of the pages here and just kind of share some share some notes that I think are uh, are pretty interesting here. So, we'll start on the first page here, and of course. Um, if you want to check the full thing out for yourself, there's a lot of great info here. Uh, it's just Warren Sharp's website, and uh, he does obviously a lot of great work. So we'll start with the the front page here. Just some kind of um, overall things, things like um, you know players lost and p- players gained, kind of ranking how um, how he sees each opponent on like a easy to hard type scale. So we'll kind of go through that and uh, some of the games that he has as you know, "quote unquote" easy is like kind of a, a green, and you know the the darker. You know, it's like a color scale. So, looking through the schedule, not really surprised. The Panthers' easiest game, according to Warren Sharp, here comes in, ironically enough, their their old buddy Ron Rivera and the Washington football team in Week 16. They've also got a, a pretty easy games. At least in the, the eyes of Warren, uh, at least especially in the three of the first five weeks of the regular season, including Week One against the Raiders, uh, Week Four against Arizona, and Week Five at Atlanta, which of course is that uh, the Thursday night, the Thursday night meeting, and um, also Week Eleven. Actually, well, obviously both games against Atlanta, so. Uh, three of their first five and four of their first eight, they kind of touted as a uh, p- pretty easy game. Uh, they actually have a a neutral game, um, a- at least in terms of the easy hard schedule. Or at least in the eyes of Warren Sharp here, week three at the LA Chargers. So I find that rather interesting. My guess is, you know, maybe because of a a new quarterback in place as well for the Chargers, and of course they're coming off. Uh, an injury-riddled year in which they only won a few games so uh just pretty interesting that they're it's kind of like right in the middle here but then of course you've got uh, the tough uh divisional road games in the first half of the season at tampa bay week two at new orleans in week seven and then obviously kansas city they tiled us uh really, the toughest game here, uh, but then Detroit week eleven they have is a pretty easy game, as well as Denver at home in uh in week fourteen, you know likely maybe because of the travel that Denver's gonna have to do it's late in the season, so you know we'll see how denver is and um you know denver denver's a a fun team, and uh certainly excited to talk to Cody Rourke again when we get to that week. Uh, but that's kind of where, uh, kind of the idea here, or the uh, Warren's thought process, I guess, in terms of, you know, kind of their easy and hard games. So in total, and if you, again, if you get the Warren Sharp thing, you'll be able to see this right alongside with me, but um, they kind of break it up, you know, a green to red type scale to kind of give us an idea of, you know, who's a, who's a hard game, who's, an easy game, and so if we total it up, the Panthers are looking at a total of seven games that they have in green, so in terms of easy games, so that's week one against the Raiders, week four against the Cardinals, week five at the Falcons, week eight home against the Falcons, excuse me, I'm sorry, I said week five was a Thursday night game, that is incorrect, it is the home game, week eight is the Thursday night battle. Uh, Week 11 against the Lions, week 14 against the Broncos, and then week 16 against Washington. And then, of course, the tough games uh, at Tampa Bay, week 2. Then uh, they have really hard games, kind of with a really dark red. Uh, Week 7 at New Orleans and week 9 at Kansas City. And then uh, Tampa Bay, of course, a tough one at home. Week 12 at Minnesota, week 15 at Green Bay, And then, of course, home against New Orleans, Week 17. And, of course, uh, this is kind of compounded as well with the fact that uh, Carolina's bye, of course, isn't until Week 13. So it's a a pretty tough schedule in the eyes of uh, Warren Sharp. And uh, looking at his forecast in terms of wins and kind of betting and whatnot, uh, the Panthers are actually... Uh, his forecast for them is five and a half wins, so five and eleven, six and ten, which is about where we've been touting the Panthers for some time now. Um, but with his betting lines, uh, Carolina is actually only favored in one game out of sixteen, and I believe that is against the Lions in Week Eleven. And the thing too is that. You know that Lions game might not be as easy as we once thought. You know there's some there's some love this year for the Detroit Lions, and what if you know kind of is a uh, a make or break year for the Lions? Really, you're talking you know year three for Matt Patricia, but of course the first two seasons haven't really gone his way, so uh, he's on the hot seat a little bit. So it could be a a really a really interesting team for the season. So we'll uh, we'll see how the Lions. Fair you know some people like the uh their their uh defense and of course Matt Stafford should be back healthy, so we'll see how the lines are when we get to week eleven but um at least when this book was made uh that was the lone game that the that Warren sharp had the Panthers as the favorite in you know certainly uh being at home for the Panthers obviously helps them out a little bit um Looking here, too, at their uh, positional spending, uh, some interesting notes here, again, at the time that this was published uh, a couple of weeks ago, but uh, some interesting notes here in terms of, you know, where they rank in uh, in cap spending at each position. Uh, so, again, at the time of this publication, they were 21st in all offense with just under $96 million in spending, that's an improvement from being 28th last year. Uh, they are 19th now in positional spending at the quarterback position at 15.57 million. You know, of course, they um, you know, so they're kind of middle on the middle of the road thanks to that contract now that they gave to, to, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but they are 16th in offensive line with about just under 40 million dollars. That's a big jump from being at number 30 uh last season. You know, certainly part of that was Trey Turner's contract, even though they're now bringing in the $13 million that they're going to owe Russell Okun. Uh, they're number nine in positional spending in running backs. Again, you know, of course, Christian McCaffrey just got that big contract, but obviously they set it up where it's not as much uh, in the early going. So they're still top 10 in running back spending, but obviously that's going to be adjusted quite a bit in uh, the next couple of years. Uh, they're 19th in wide receiver spending, about $22.9 million. You know, certainly paying a little more money this year, although they were 30th in uh, wide receiver spending last year. Uh, tight end really went down, though. They were not ranked 9th in 2019. Now they're 30th uh, in tight end spending at $4.8 million. And who knows how that will change in a couple of years, depending on if... Uh, if Ian Thomas plays well and gets himself a pretty decent contract. And then in defense, they're actually the highest spending defense uh, in total defense. It's $78.45 million. Obviously, a big factor that is the new contract for Shaq Thompson. They actually entered last season number one, uh, the lowest spending team at the linebacker position last year now they're at uh, the 21st on that list uh, 19.83 million uh, 39.93 million on the defensive line 7.55 million at the cornerback position that ranks 31st and uh, 11.13 million which is 19th among uh, among safeties so some interesting numbers there. So in a minute, we'll go through some uh, some other kind of notable things, or at least stuff that I find interesting throughout uh, Warren Sharp's thing here. But uh, before we get into that, of course, a big shout-out to our friends over at BuiltBar.com. The best-tasting protein bar ever, and again, this, don't just take it for me, although I've really enjoyed uh, the Built Bar products since I've gotten a chance to uh, get my hands on them for the first time. And they're just incredible, and they've meet they've somehow made them even better, even better, even more uh, more candy bar, or if, if that's if if that's one way of putting it, but um, definitely you know definitely great tasting, and they've got a bunch of new added flavors for you guys to try, including uh, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barsia, lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, plus a lot of the flavors that you know and love from the previous times. Coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. And of course, built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. So it's just like eating a candy bar, but you get the, the the goodness of eating a protein bar because they're low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and they're even great for a keto diet. So again, don't just take my word for it. Um, go try this out for yourself and save a little bit of money. All you got to do is use the promo code Locked On and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. So again, promo code Locked On gets you ten dollars off at BuiltBar
0: Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or... Could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors, Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So, a couple of um, a couple of notes
2: here as we continue to check out Warren Sharp's thing. Uh, so, we'll look here at some of their passing performance. From 2019, uh, just to because since we can't get away from the 2019 quarterback play, uh, but if we look at Kyle Allen and how he did in his time playing, so he uh, Kyle Allen had a 54% success rate on first down with 8.2 yards per attempt and a 96.7 passer rating or, you know, QB rating and 54% pass rate. Those numbers are actually better than average, if you can believe that. The NFL average uh, in those categories were 52% success rate on first down, 7.6 yards per attempt, 93.7 rating, and a 48% uh, passing rate. But as the downs got uh, more critical, the the play got worse for Kyle Allen, as is to be expected. He only had a 48% rate on second down, the which was still better than the NFL average of 45%. But then on third down, Kyle Allen was at 33%. And the NFL average was 36%. And he had a rating of just 59.8 on third down. So that just goes to show you uh, just kind of how bad the quarterback position was in 2019 obviously Kyle Allen started off pretty good in those first four games but then he kind of became who we kind of thought he was Um, but the rushing performance uh, they were again similar to like Kyle Allen in terms of they were better than average in the first uh, on first down 49% success rate and this is as a team although obviously majority of that was with Christian McCaffrey, but 49% success rate on first down with the NFL average of 47%. 43% on second down uh, f- with 4.5 yards per carry and uh, th- just 34% success rate running on third down, but 4.6 yards per carry. Uh, that number was better than the average of 4.4, but the NFL average success rate rushing on third down was uh, 49%. So Panthers were certainly up and down, especially in the uh, the more critical downs last season on offense, but obviously the hope now is that with better quarterback play and uh, kind of a more dynamic coaching staff, things will certainly get better uh, in terms of the offense and especially the defense. I mean, obviously we know Carolina's defense was just uh, extremely bad. I mean, looking at the their twenty nineteen rankings and some of Warren's uh, advanced metrics on defense, they had a lot of a lot of issues. Certainly, uh, there there was really only no, uh, one one metric that they were pretty good at, and actually third in the NFL in this metric, and that was uh pass pro or pass pro efficiency defense. They were actually number three in that category and number 11 in pass efficiency defense. But other than that, and as we know, this team was just bad, especially on the run defense. So, just looking at some of these numbers just kind of gives you an interesting look into how their defense was last year. And then just some other interesting numbers I see on on this page here, uh like critical and game deciding stats. Uh, they had a minus-14 turnover margin, uh, 35 giveaways versus just 21 takeaways. Uh, and they had a minus-5 sack margin, meaning they, or in, in other words, they, their defense sacked opposing quarterbacks 53 times, but their offense allowed 58 sacks. Uh, and even a minus-3 return touchdown margin, as they only had... One return touchdown, but allowed four of them. Uh, but the, it, uh, but if there was one aspect that the Panthers were good at, which kind of showed their discipline at least, is uh, penalty margin. They were actually plus 22 in penalty margin in 2019. They had 87 penalties, while their opponents had 109 Uh, penalties so at least there was one aspect that the Panthers did well at and then close game records another interesting stat here and I kind of referenced this when we talked about some of the teams on the big crossover a couple weeks ago Uh, but Panthers of course only won five games Uh, they were 0-2 in games that were decided by three points or less and and 2-6 in one-score games, meaning, of course, uh, eight points or fewer. So, it that's an interesting stat there as well. If if we kind of think about it this way, two and six in one-score games. So, if they could uh, if they could turn some of those losses into wins, I mean, we take that to this year. Or um, you know, obviously add it to last year. You take just half of those losses in one score games, and now all of a sudden we're talking about the Panthers as an eight and eighteen. Uh, but again, do I think they're gonna they're gonna win eight games with this brand new defense? Probably not, but you know that that that's probably that might just be a stat that, that interests me too. Um you know, the fact that you lost so many close games and certainly at some point Things like that are going to start to turn around for you, and we know the uh, the defense. We know the defense is going to improve. We know things are going to start to turn around for the Panthers at some point. So, uh, just some just some interesting facts here. And then again, the 2020 weekly betting lines, as I mentioned before, and again, this was at the time of this publication, which was uh, around a month ago. I think some. I think at some point in July, he put this out. Uh, But again, the only game at the time that the Panthers were favor or are favored in is Week 11 against Detroit. As they, as they were a one and a half point favorite uh, at this at this uh, publishing and at this recording. Uh, But a bunch of other games, you know, they're still pretty close. They're only they were only listed as a one and a half point dog against the Raiders, a one point underdog against the Cardinals, two and a half against the Bears. One point in the home game against the Falcons. Although, interestingly, a seven-point underdog at Atlanta, Week 5. Only one-and-a-half-point underdog against the Broncos. And a a one-and-a-half-point underdog against Washington. So, uh, pretty interesting here. And then he even breaks it down by home and road line. So, obviously, there's a, a huge difference between the home and the away games. I mean, you're talking... Eight point underdog at Tampa Bay, tw- uh, nine and a half at Minnesota, 10 point dog at Green Bay, 12 and a half underdog at Minnesota, and then 14 point underdog at Kansas City, which is no surprise at all. We, we've we already kind of figured, we, we already know that, that <laughs> that's going to be uh, a long day for the Carolina Panthers uh but just some interesting notes there and um and even like this stat here you know success by play type and uh primary personnel groupings uh, for 2019 the panthers really didn't have a lot of success in a lot of plays and uh personnel groupings but if there was if there was one thing they were successful at last year it was with it was in five wide receiver sets actually which obviously they didn't Run a whole lot of. They only had five total plays that they were in uh, five personnel, but they did have over a 50% success rate <laughs> on those. Uh, but at least in terms of uh, personnel groupings that they did a good number of and where they were pretty successful was running the ball, 54% success rate, running the ball out of uh, 21, 21 personnel. You know, uh, uh, of course, two backs, uh, two backs, one tight end, two wide receivers. He actually had them with a fifty-four uh, percent success rate on uh, thirty-five total plays out of uh, run or rushing the ball out of twenty-one personnel, and they still had a forty-eight percent success rate passing the ball out of twenty-one personnel, and so in total, fifty-two uh, percent success rates. Uh, in all plays, out of that formation, uh, they were forty-nine percent total success rate out of twelve personnel. Which you know we could certainly still see a good amount of with Ian Thomas and uh, Chris Manhertz, uh, and they had a forty-four percent success rate uh, in all plays out of eleven personnel. Forty-nine uh, percent again, forty-nine percent out of twelve personnel, but then just uh 39% out of 22 personnel and 71 total plays. And obviously, uh, the biggest amount of plays they ran was out of 11 personnel, which we can expect to do so again this year with uh, you know DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson. You're likely going to see all three of them on the field quite a bit, but I'm sure they'll mix in 12 personnel quite a bit as well. Uh, they even had... 17 plays and a 35% total success rate out of 13 personnel. Uh, Meaning, of course, one back and three tight ends. I don't know how much they're going to run that this year. But just kind of find that uh, rather interesting. And then he even breaks it down by receiving success and rushing success by the top four personnel groupings. And Christian McCaffrey, no surprise, was high up there. As, even in the receiving success, especially out of eleven personnel. McCaffrey had a 62% success rate uh, out of or 62% receiving success rate out of eleven personnel. Greg Olson had 51% success rate. And DJ Moore 60% out of eleven personnel. But then DJ Moore had the Highest success rate out of 12 personnel receiving ball. And so in total with the four groups, DJ Moore just eked out uh Christian McCaffrey 60% to 49%. And then Greg Olson was next on the list at 55%. But Ian Thomas, uh, not far behind at 46%. So uh Ian Thomas could certainly take over some of those numbers from Greg Olson. And then rushing success, obviously, uh Christian McCaffrey did quite well. He had a forty-two percent success rate out of eleven personnel, fifty-one percent success rate out of twelve personnel, forty-nine percent out of twenty-two personnel, fifty-three percent out of twenty-one personnel for a total of forty-six percent. Uh, but DJ Moore actually had the highest success rate in uh, in this table. He had an eighty-two percent success rate uh, on his opportunities out of eleven personnel. out of 12 personnel and a total of 74, uh, 74%. Now, again, this was on just 19 plays, but 74% success rate uh, in all the total groups. So uh, it just kind of goes to show that, you know, even besides Christian McCaffrey, the talent is still there, even at the wide receiver position. So, um.
1: free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on that's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life homechef.com slash locked on
2: must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert so even with the addition of Robbie Anderson I think Curtis Samuel still you know as we talked about before I think can still do some nice things especially with uh, the type of offense that we can expect to see out of Ellis or out of Out of the Panthers, which will resemble LSU, obviously. Uh, But a lot of other interesting notes up on here. uh, But I don't want to dive too much into it or we'll be here all day. We're already getting close to half an hour. So I think that's, uh, you know, a little bit of a taste, I guess. You know, we might dig into some more of these numbers soon. But like I said, I also want to get into the uh, Football Outsiders Almanac. See what they say about the Carolina Panthers. So we might do that next time. Uh, But for now, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. So with that in mind, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed yourselves. Thanks, as always, for, uh, for, for tuning in, showing support. Really appreciate it. And as always, thank you guys for making me a part of your day. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday. And we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends.
1: Hey, Prime members.